Well, hello, everybody. And this is Weirdly Magical with Jen and Lou. And I am Lou. I am an astrologer. And this is Jen. And I'm an, uh, an Akashic reader. Healer. Yay. And here we are with another episode of our podcast for you, um, where we're actually going to talk a little bit about, well, quite a lot, about some very powerful events that are happening. Um, well, Mars is stationing to go retrograde for a couple of months uh, in actually about 30 minutes from us recording it at um, 2.05 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Pacific Daylight Time. And I had to convert the time for a minute because I'm not in Pacific Time. And... <laughs> <laughs> and um and then tomorrow night um at 10:53 p.m. mountain time or 9:53 p.m. pacific time we have a full moon in capricorn so most of this podcast is going to be based around that and um let me just give a bit of technical details before we go into it. The Mars is stationing retrograde at nine degrees of Aquarius and the moon's nodes are at six degrees of Aquarius and Leo. And so Mars is conjunct the south node at six degrees of Aquarius. And interestingly, the USA's south node is at six degrees of Aquarius. So Mars is stationing retrograde conjunct the USA's own south node also. And the full moon um, in Capricorn tomorrow night is at six degrees of Capricorn conjunct Saturn, who is already retrograde. And... Um, and so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the numbers. We're going to talk about the astrology, the aspects, what it might all mean for you. So do you want to kick us off with that, Jen? Sure. Uh, I think the interesting thing here is we're starting off with Mars at nine degrees and uh, going retrograde. And nine degrees is the number of endings. So it begins that energy of, kind of remembering that we're ending something, we're changing, we're evolving, because the nine is about you know, evolving the ego or the idea of the smaller self into a more universal self, more recognition of the divine self and the idea that we're all connected. And it's interesting that the south node uh, is at six degrees right next to it because six and nine these are the emotional numbers so it's uh, uh you know there's that the nine is universal love or love for everything and everyone six is is family love or love for your own environment love for what you do it's your service to the world uh it is your connection to your immediate tribe so it's there's that energy coming through that uh, is the past or whatever something from the past that has angered us and we have not dealt with that we haven't dealt with our theory is pulling us into action so mm -hmm. it feels to me very helpful even though i know everyone says or not everyone but a lot of people say when mars goes retrograde oh you know fires people up and really we need to be fired up <laughs> because this whole thing i think this whole full moon is and this time we're in is about bringing us to our senses like where are we focusing our anger mm -hmm. why because a lot of us are angry because we we still remember pain from the past like i was wounded my wound is still with me i'm still angry i want uh, uh that wound or my anger to be um honored or you know Paid attention so it can be completed. So remember we said the nine is about the completion of old uh, wounds. So I, I'm, mm. not, I'm not angry that somebody else is different from me and owes me something. And I'm moving towards the light, like the, the opposite mm. of uh, where can I um, find the light? Where can I find a different pattern? 
The other thing I'll say about this that's really quite fascinating is this full moon is happening on the 28th. I know it's the 27th here in some of the Americas, but the rest of the mm. world, it's on the, and some of the Americas, it's the 28th. So 28 is an interesting number, and it adds up to 10, 2 and 8. It's 10, which is a 1, which is about forward movement. Mm -hmm. Remember that we're in an 11 universal year, 2 plus 1 plus 8. There'll be 11, there's two ones there. It's a gateway, it's, it's an entry. Where This whole year is about coming to terms with these issues, our wounds, turning this stuff into compost so we can move forward and see things more clearly. Can I, can I give you just one other interesting coincidence yes. about these numbers? Um, Mars will actually turn direct um, at 28 degrees Capricorn, which is a 28 one, on, yes. on August the 27th, which is a nine. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So there's another <laughs> completion, if you will, right? Very yes. interesting. There's no errors in this thing. So fascinating. Isn't it? Yeah. Reminder. So the 27 is a nine. So we already have the nine because Mars is nine. So we know there's a connection. So we have the 11, we have the 10, we have the nine. Uh, in actual fact, the universal date with the 28 is a nine. So mm. we have the nine on the 28th as well, mm. uh, which is fascinating. So we have, and we're in an eight universal months. So uh, which is 17, it's an eight universal months, which is about manifesting or making real. Mm. So eight, nine, 10, 11, all working on this, uh, this full moon. So we can see the connection. And when we're looking at that eight, nine, 10, 11, this is about really beginning. Like I'm going to take ownership of my own leadership, whatever that means. I'm going to take the lead for me. Mm. What I believe in, what, what is integrous to me as a being? What, what do I consider important? Where do I want to put my focus? That again is the Mars energy. Where do I want to put mm -hmm. my focus? The Saturn, you know, with the, the moon right there. Um, what do I want to do and make real? And what kind of emotional uh, aspect or love will I bring into balance? You know, oh, mm -hmm. the selfish love, I don't care about anyone else, or that connection that. I actually see the benefit. If I'm generous with others, I actually get more. Right? Mm -hmm. So I take that, the lead in that way where I'm going, okay, well, there's only a limited amount of water, blah, blah, blah. Let's share what we have and create mm -hmm. these incredibly strong connections. Because mm -hmm. here we are, where the 11 comes to the two. It's about connection. It's about bringing the divine into practical form. Mm -hmm. You can see how all these numbers are, are leading us, leading us into a new beginning. So to me, this full moon, which is at six degrees, which is the number of love. Remember, we talked about family love, your connection mm -hmm. with that, your connection, your love of service, of being the true you, the, the abundant, benefic you. And in that same way, so you're ha having an option here. And of course, of course, the astrology kind of all, without looking at the numbers really speaks to all that as well. You know, that I've been talking about this south node in Aquarius as um, as because the south node is a point of release. It's letting go. It's what we're moving away from. It's the past. And in Aquarius, it's this feeling of difference and alienation and um, and disassociation and of not realizing that we're really all connected. And it's about moving to the North Node in Leo, which is about being open hearted and giving and receiving love. And you mentioned the word generosity. That's a very Leo word as well. You know, um, we're being invited and pulled towards that north node it's a conscious choice that we have to make this is not just like something that's magically going to happen <laughs> um, we always have our free will with that point will be um, triggered again by the three upcoming eclipses that we have because eclipses are always um, 
full and new moons that take place near the moon's nodes. So this this Aquarius Leo axis is being triggered again and again. And it actually started last August with that full with that a total eclipse that we had on August the 21st, right at, um, well, what the, mo- the moon's nodes move backwards for anybody that doesn't understand the movement of the um, energies. And so that was kind of at the start of the, the nodes being in Leo and Aquarius on August the 21st. So we're, again, we're being pulled to all of that. And then the full moon in Capricorn, Capricorn is about being, your own authority and kind of standing and making something manifest and real and mastering something for yourself. It's often referred to as, um, you know, our institutions and the patriarchy and it is all that too, but at an individual level, it's about create standing in your own power and creating your own expertise and owning your expertise and your own authority. And Saturn is the ruler of Capricorn and it's conjunct the moon on the, on the full moon tomorrow. Mm. And of course, a full moon is an opposition to cancer, which is the family, which Jen also mentioned <laughs> with the number six, which is, <laughs> and it's about moving towards this nurturing, bringing in this um, family as a whole, but, um, creating your own structures to support your family as well. That's another one that comes up for me. I've had this thing running around my head for the whole year. When I look at the energies of the whole year about it becoming more self-sufficient, going back to more village kind of life, creating your own gardens, looking after each other more at um, sort of a more of a family level it it just I get very visual when I when I look at these energies sometimes and and I kind of have this village life thing roaming around in my head and I know I'm an idealist and it probably won't go but this is what we're being pulled back towards I think you know looking after each other as a family yeah absolutely so we have the opportunity the thing to me that struck me as you were talking is with the sun being in cancer which is the moon's place right the moon's home and the cancer being about the family but there's also that idea with the crab you know it's under a rock it's hidden Mm -hmm. it's uh, not always obvious and with the sun there shining a light on the dark spaces Mm. um, as well as bringing in this idea of loyalty because so many of us are have been trained and are used to being loyal to like what our family believes or mm-hmm. the group we belong to. And this time is about changing that loyalty and going, well, what, what am I loyal to? Am I loyal to uh, someone else's ideology or am mm-hmm. I needing to be loyal to what I believe in? Like what are my morals? What are my uh, focus? Where do I want to be in tribe? Mm-hmm. Some people are going to go. Well, I want to have a tribe that doesn't that pushes out outsiders. It's, you, know, uh, you know, there's going to be people who not everyone is going to go. Okay, I I want that. But we have to remember the balance, right? This right. The fact is, we are all you know beings made of divine material. None of us are less than the other. Although we have a system here that encourages us to point fingers or to think we're not enough Mm -hmm. energy is really pushing us to make choices like you were saying taking our own authority what does that mean i really feel like this whole this this connection here the saturn at five is about freedom it's energy of freedom and what is that what is freedom what is liberty it is not oh i can just do whatever i want whenever i want oh no no and you know liberty is and they're they're saturn with that five going if you want life if you want a quality of life if you want these things you've idealized then how are you going to bring it into being we actually have to get down and dig the soil and 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 connect with other people and 
change the dynamic instead of blaming our family for doing something to us mm-hmm. we're going to have to take that role and go i'm choosing to be a certain way i'm choosing to see you through the eyes of love instead of the eyes of you owe me something you treated me badly you owe me so it's this idea of pushing us away from this idealized world we've lived in where other people are to blame for our problems Mm-hmm. we're trapped into this thinking that wow i'm not trapped i'm bigger than this yes there are things on the ground that are happening and will be happening that are um, upsetting and and emotionally tugging but with the moon being in a, in a capricorn this idea is like it's kind of pulling away the emotion from mm. this and going you know you have to use this energy or the the, the the loving energy or whatever that is to you, this kind of cancer energy of the moon, you have to use it in a way that will serve where you want to go. So you have to choose. You, you get to choose. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to be in a place where I'm seeing the light of others and I'm recognizing their right to be who they are, recognizing that things were done, to, you know, to me and I'm choosing to, take myself out of that illusion and delusion and taking back my power. And conversely, it's not about completely rejecting everybody else as well. Cause there is that still this element of it about knowing we're all connected. It's just rejecting um, you basing who you are based on what they t- what others have told you you are. Exactly. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean rejecting the other person. That's what I. <laughs> yeah, well, we have to learn that, right? We yeah, have to learn that it, it. Just because this is the thing, and this whole year and this whole experience is about separation and connection. Mm-hmm. Connection, the two, the eleven, uh, connecting the divine within us, uh, connecting us to the idea that we actually have choices, that we can choose to see people through the eyes of love or through the eyes of fear. Um, and that connection or separation happens at every level. So we can mm-hmm. separate ourselves from our society, from certain people, from our family that mistreated us. And we can point fingers and say, it's them. That's why my life is screwed up. Or we can say, yes, I had unfortunate or terrible experiences. Well, they did. But I still see them as human with choices. Mm-hmm. Like Just because we agree that we're all human and we all uh, have uh, a spiritual energy or divine energy doesn't give us the right to decide how other people need to do things. So it moves away from that idea that some people are dictating how we do things into us moving into tribes that will work uh, in community. Exactly. We build the community we desire and other people build the communities they desire. But there's, of course, it's an op- it's a full moon and it's an opposition. So the key is kind of integration. So I just want to talk about a couple of other interesting things, if that's all right, that come up for me from the ast- astrological chart of the full moon, is that um, here we have this full moon in Capricorn conjunct Saturn. Now Saturn is the traditional ruler of Aquarius, where we have all this energy going on at the same time with Mars. And, um, and then we also have the full moon is aspecting both uh, Uranus in Taurus, which um, is the modern ruler of Aquarius. And Uranus is newly in Taurus, bringing massive um, changes to our values and things, uh, or shaking up our values. It's asking us to really reflect on what they are and then also the full moon is forming a lovely T-square to Chiron in Aries. And Aries is ruled by Mars. And Chiron is really the rainbow bridge between the transpersonal and the personal. And between really kind of looking at the bigger picture, the outer picture, which is what I mean by the transpersonal. And then looking at how you are in that bigger picture. So, and, and Chiron is traditionally really a healing energy and he's right halfway in between this um, Cancer Capricorn energy. 
this um, standalone energy and then this protective family oriented energy. So there's a lot of healing in this chart, I think, personally. <laughs> yes, no, I totally agree with you. I think it's really fascinating that Chiron is at two degrees in Aries, and Aries, of course, is ruled by Mars. Mm -hmm. so it's another indicator of where to use or how to use our energy, right? Mm -hmm. our fire, our anger is the uh, it's the reminder that the wounding is, uh, and and with the two, you know, it's showing us there are two sides. It's also about connecting. The two is about bringing things together or building that bridge and allowing that energy to come through. Uh, which is a very powerful reminder. You know, it, it is so fascinating. Okay, so here we have this idea of um, learning new things and this new this full moon, which has the energy of new beginnings, even though it's a full moon. Mm. Uh, and it's the first moon or the moon before the uh, eclipses, mm -hmm. right? the gateway moon. It's setting this intention that this is a new beginning, but it it's to get to where we want to go, we have to you know walk through this energy. It's like okay, this is the activation of uh, completion, but it's also the activation of change. Absolutely. So yeah, so there's an awful lot of change in this. Um, you know, the, of course, anything happening on the moon's nodes is a pivot point. I should point out as well. Um, anything and, and all the eclipses, the eclipse, something that needs to go and have the restart. Mars stationing on the eclipses is hugely important too. We're on in a time of major shift and it feels really uncomfortable. I see a lot of people out there feeling very, there's a lot more fear than I've witnessed in a long time. Um, roaming about and I was saying to Jen before we actually started the the podcast that I just feel this disturbance in the force and I feel that's a lot of other people's um, fearful energy about where we're going and things and it's hard not to fall into that but really um, to go back to some of the other things we've said really all you can do is focus on you it goes back to kind of the serenity prayer courage to change the things that you can and accept the things that you can't because there's really only certain amount that one person can do and the best thing that you can change is yourself not um, not everybody else <laughs> not attempt to change everybody else is what i mean and um sorry i had lost my thought there so you go ahead i had another thing to say but i can't remember everyone else you can't remember maybe it'll come back to you yeah it will <laughs> I was just while you were talking, you know, this is a very uh, powerful thing that our fear, which is normal, because this is the month we're in now is this 17, which is about leaving a legacy. So we're beginning the journey to bringing forward the thing we desire. The number 28, which I see that uh, Mercury also has the 28, so it's very interesting because Mercury is the, you know, the communication aspect or our mind, how we think. And fear is generated through our mind, not the heart. And, you know, the Leo aspect or the sun, this is the idea of where the nodes are going, right, is the, um, the heart, expanding the heart. So when we're in fear, it actually gets us moving. That's the beauty of fear, if there is a beauty, is that it, it and the 11, it's that reminder we have to take action because just being in fear is too uh, unsettling. So at some point, we take the fear and we go, okay, uh, I've got to do something. And 28, this number 28 is really interesting because you have the two and the eight. And uh, of course, the eight has two zeros together. And uh, the number 28 actually is one of those numbers that when it comes up, it's a number of choice. You can choose mm. to follow the truth of others and be betrayed because that will always happen. When you follow someone else, even if you're in agreement with them and you haven't really um, connected to yourself, you haven't brought the energy of the one, who am I, into the equation, you will always face betrayal because you are betraying yourself. 
And so the 28 is that reminder that, yes, you want to work with others, but first you must know your focus. First you must know your truth. The one, it's the arrow of these new beginnings. It's this, this choice you're making to follow blindly or to follow with your eyes open. And mm-hmm. I think that relates to what you were talking about, this idea of know what it is you're focused on. Your thing of you knowing your truth, reconnecting and coming from that place, mm-hmm. living in, in honesty or genuineness with who you are and how you want to be treated. If you see something mm-hmm. that doesn't reflect your values, then if you can speak up, do something. Don't be afraid of confrontation. Yeah. There's thing we have like this blanket idea if i disagree or if i create conflict or confrontation that i'm creating a problem when in actually that's how we bring the light in that's how we dissolve problems by speaking out and but doing it in a way that we can be heard oh and we could see that playing out so much on the world stage at the moment with, with this discussion about being civil to each other well, you know, you can protest civilly. You can speak up civilly. <laughs> you can make your point civilly. Being civil doesn't mean being passive and sitting back and not standing up for your values, which is what I think you're saying. You know? Yes, exactly. And I think yeah. <laughs> we have to really be careful because people use words like weapons. So Ooh, yes. uh, there's a reason, you know, many... Uh, powerful um, people that have helped us through revolutionize who we are whatever your level of revolution because it begins with the individual we speaking or living the way we want to begins with us rebelling against the system that's holding us hostage and civil disobedience is one of the things that uh, many of these revolutionaries have brought out we disobedient in a civil way so mm-hmm. you have to be careful because when people say you're not being civil it's like to me what is civility it's about civilians right who we are we living together how do we live together if we all lie it's like we go in and we close the doors we're all polite to one another that we go in we close the doors and we beat our children then mm-hmm. you know that's like oh we're all being civil because we're hiding the truth that's not civility exactly. it's 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 lies those are lies and they are ways words can you know but we i think if you get a gun and you shoot someone for disagreeing with you you beat them that's being uh, that's not being civil to me civility is i want to hear what you have to say i'm going to give you room time say what you have to say and i'll answer even if i yell and shout it's okay Mm -hmm. i'm not hurting you right i'm not attacking you and it's also, you know, it's fine, you know, protest is civil. You know, if you stand, uh, I, I, I really don't get all the, some of the narrative that's going on at the moment about, you know, it's not okay to ask a public servant to, um, to leave your personal restaurant, politely may I add, <laughs> and comp per meal because you disagree because we pay these people. And and that to me is civil disobedience. That's a way of giving your voice without attacking and without hurting them. <laughs> you know, it's, well, yes. How else are we, you know, you might not agree with that particular method. And um, it's just an example to me. I'm just saying, you know, what are people supposed to do? How are they supposed to disagree with the actions of people? Well, exactly. <laughs> You know, this is so interesting because to me, uh, you know, uh, when I wrote my book, uh, bringing us up, there was a part that I created in the book called something, the Bahaha, I don't remember what it was. Mm-hmm. But basically it was this idea that every time a woman gets out and says something like she stands up and she's arguing, then the typical response is, oh, look at a big, but or look at her terrible hair or where did yes. she get 
close. And what happens, and why I bring this up, because I think it's the same thing. When we hear words like civil, civility, not being civil, it creates that sense of shame in us. Like, oh, I have to defend myself because we're listening to someone else's truth. They're saying we're not being civil, but we get to decide what's civil for us. So the point is about this thing, when we're attacking women and saying, oh, look at her big butt, or the idea is to take her away from the point she's focused on and the truth she's bringing out, Mm -hmm. leadership, and getting her back is saying, feeling ashamed and uncomfortable, so she'll shut up and go away. So these are just uh, tactics, right? It's, it's a strategy and a tactic. Let's, let's disarm people who say that they really care about other people by calling them out and attacking them and saying they are not that. Yes. yes. And it's just we have to begin to think bigger we cannot let somebody else tell us what civility is exactly you know and and i'm not saying that means we can go out because that's the whole point civil disobedience is that expression is about doing it with civility so it proves that it is possible without civil disobedience women wouldn't have the vote and many other things so But to bring it down, not to the bigger picture of politics necessarily, it's the same in your own life. It's speaking your truth without attacking the other for who they are, really, is what civil disobedience is. That's right. It's recognizing you have rights. And this is not, you know, we can take it to politics or any level, but it's the basic human level of understanding the power of who we are and mm-hmm. living that, that if we have an idea that uh, we want to express or a belief that we believe in, mm-hmm. we need to be able to express it, even if the collective is not in agreement it is how everything changes it's how women got to go to work you know it's that recognition like oh my family doesn't believe in art but i want to be an artist so Mm -hmm. i'm gonna go and study art right that's civil disobedience yeah or like well i i'm i can't i can't remember your exact background of how you came here but I'm the one who left the home and traveled and moved away. And I've seen, been seen as disobedient and t- for taking the grandchildren yeah. away. Basically. But, yeah. but you know, I'm, I'm the mold. yeah, I broke the mold. I'm living the way I choose to live and I'm not attacking anybody to do it. So that's a form of disobedience as well. Just breaking the mold. Yes. And if any, I, I've, I've remembered what my, I was going to add to my point earlier, that if people on the court who are listening to the podcast wonder why this is playing out so much here in the USA, it's just a reminder that the moon's nodes for the USA are being affected. And um, also we've got quite a lot of um, cancer energy in the USA chart, which is being affected by the full moon too. So it's it's playing out on the world stage, if you like, in, in or on the USA's stage. But it's always as without, so within. These themes are being played out in our personal lives. We can look at what's happening um, at the macro level as an example of really what's going on in our own smaller world. And I see, I always see it as a good way to reflect on what's happening in your own life and your own world. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. And I, I, I do think for me, a lot of this is about the two energy. I was just looking mm. that besides Chiron being at two degrees, I believe, um, uh, yes, uh, Pluto is at 20. So yeah. uh, there is that uh, energy there that uh, um, is about, making things real or shifting Mm -hmm. how we communicate and how we collaborate and Mm -hmm. and um and i do want to mention ceres ceres too yes ceres is um demeter in the myth um for those listening she um she lost her daughter persephone to um to pluto (laughs) um in the underworld and she right now in the astrological chart for the full moon is at 
29 degrees of Leo, which is exactly conjunct where the eclipse was last August 21st. And um, that's an 11, which is another two. Um, <laughs> exactly. I was looking at her, so I'm glad you brought her up. And I think this is really important to understand the role of Ceres in all of this. She's hugely important. Yeah. Exactly. Because she's representing as... Uh, some of the other more familiar, but these are the female, these are the powerful female forces mm -hmm. that get to go to those places, those dark places when you lose your daughter and, you know, all of those kinds of things. Those are dark places to go. When you have something of value, which is uh, having an experience you don't agree with. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's something that changes you. And this is what this is all about. It, this time we're in, on your own personal journey, as well as in the bigger picture, is about the choices you're making. Two is, again, the choices. It's also about understanding the difference between setting boundaries and being a doormat. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we equate, and that whole thing with the civil, you know, civility discussion is about this. It's about saying to people, your actions don't suit me, so do what I say, which mm -hmm. is the doormat response, whereas... You know, here we are with the, the myths reminding us that, uh, and, and Demeter, that's an aspect of time, right? It's it reminding us that the time is moving, just as Saturn, father of time, right? It's that same mm -hmm. aspect of how do we want to use our time? How do we want to show up? How do we want to recognize ourselves as being doormats or people who have boundaries? Yes, I agree with you, but I've got to have my own boundary about what this word means to me or what this action means. And uh, regardless, we're being pushed into a place where we have to make hard choices. We just can't make soft choices anymore. And Ceres also represents grief and loss and all those kind of themes, but also seasons and um, and coming in, bringing and um, what's the word I wanted to give compromise to a degree. She mm. had to come to a compromise in the end to have her daughter for half the year with her and half the year below um, with Pluto in, um, in the underworld, if you like. So, you know, there's a lot of healing within that Ceres image there. And I think it's very significant that she's on the point of, the um, eclipse that was last August, because we've seen so much change in all our lives since that point. Um, so I would invite people to think back, to help them personally, to think back to what changed for them on that eclipse. I know that things changed for me dramatically. It was like a whole portion of my life did uh, did completely get eclipsed to a degree um that's a, a good point I, I wanted to also bring in the aspect of kindness two is the number of kindness and it it does remind us like we're in the level like we have a choice like even in grief we can choose to lash out and remembering that this with the the whole uh, mars and uh, south node thing going on here mm -hmm. the thing that this is about our wounding so we get to be kind to ourselves mm -hmm. you know i really think uh, people that are listening if you can learn to be kind to yourself you can really help yourself move away from wanting someone else to give you something that they're not wanting to give you and finding that within yourself and being kind to yourself leads you to having compassion for others. It's that recognition. I can choose to be angry. I can choose to put up a wall and this is personal stuff. Like whatever we're doing personally radiates into the world. It's that energy that then becomes the energy of the world we live in. So the more we can recognize like, wow, somebody who, who uh, I don't agree with is really angry mm. and that's okay. I don't have to solve their problem. We've been raised, especially as women, to solve people's problems. Like, oh, they have a problem. Let me fix it. And maybe that's our job to go and, you know, solve some problem. But the bigger picture is being kind to ourselves and solving our own problems. What do we need to mm -hmm. feel 
more compassion for ourselves, to feel more creative. Because this time as well, remembering with the Capricorn is for us to express our gifts. We're here yeah. to express our gifts. So how do we get to that place where we're not all wounded and thinking about all the stories that happened to us and we're actually embracing this idea of being who we are? Mm-hmm. So for listeners, I think this the idea is what creativity, uh, what action of creativity can you do to kind of find that peace within because when you take care of your own needs and you don't feel so needy and you're not looking so much for someone else to fix your problem and the beauty you don't feel that that incredible urge to to tell other people how to fix their lives I think a big part of this, and it's another theme of Ceres, along with the grief and loss, is the forgiveness. Mm. And the forgiveness starts with yourself. So whatever you can do to help you start with forgiving yourself for for anything. And I don't, that doesn't mean that you have been this awful sinner. Self-forgiveness is, you know forgiveness for having sat in your wound and and having blamed other people in the past it's gone now it's forgive yourself for it and move forward um you know because you know you're human we're learning we're here to evolve and progress and it's part of Jen's talked about sitting in this past of, you know, so-and-so did this to me, but we also have to forgive ourselves for sitting there and thinking, oh, so-and-so did this to me. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) It's it's, it's such a huge thing when we can just come back and go, okay, uh, what do I need? Because Mm. so much about of this stuff is about our personal needs. What do I need to know so that I can heal? Mm-hmm. And most of that is about the kindness of self, like knowing I'm I'm a I'm worth loving. Yes. And feeling that sense to yourself. Or knowing that all the things we call mistakes here, like we have this whole stuff going on, like, oh you did that wrong, you're wrong, and it just kind of creates more wounding. Mm. We realize like, oh, uh, failing or making mistakes is we're supposed to. There is actually no such thing as a mistake. It's all just part of the process. It's just an experience. And when we can go, oh, I'm having an experience. I'm not a bad person because I'm having this experience. Uh, it just is. And you, yes, just exactly. learn, you just learn from it. And you, yeah. might, you might make a similar mistake again, but you will have learned something from the past so-called mistake. Exactly. But even if you do, like when you learn, oh, yeah. if, if you do it, you're always you, going to make mistakes, right? Because you don't okay. know and it's okay if you slip up so-called again, you know, it's okay. You're, we're exactly. in an evolutionary spiral of, of, of unfolding, if you like, um, of learning all the way. So, yeah. and, and accepting, I, I think the bigger part about learning is understanding this is a journey. We're just here to enjoy and experience. We are here as uh, expressing as the divine through ourselves by being so whatever we choose to do it's okay just enjoy it be in that space just revel in the thing you're doing if you have some issue and you enjoying it and you love it do it don't make yourself wrong around it just recognize that you're the one choosing this path no one else is forcing it on you Yes, people can say you have to do this. And sometimes we do have to. You're in a job, you have to do it. You want something, there are certain steps you have to take. You may be trapped in a situation. However, you can still uh, go beyond your small mind thinking into the heart. How am I interpreting this experience? Mm. And I get to choose. I can interpret this. This is just an experience I'm having. It's not a punishment or a, a, a revelation about I'm a terrible being. It's just an experience. So it just lightens the whole uh, way of living because we go, oh, I'm in choice. I'm actually choosing this and I'm choosing to say it's great, even Mm -hmm. though it may not be the best, right? It's it's our projection of what we think it is that can move us forward or hold us trapped. 
Mm-hmm. I wanted to say one thing that came up is the inter- interesting thing is that the word sin, the actual um, uh, meaning of the word sin is missing the mark. Yes. So when people talk about sinning, what they're talking about is I missed the mark. I didn't do it. And when you think about that, oh, I'm throwing an arrow. Because remember, we have that 20, mm-hmm. 28, the 10, the 1, that's the arrow, the focus. I'm focusing on something. You know, when you're learning to throw the arrow, you're going to miss. Yep. Oh, you just keep going. You've got to keep doing it until you get to it, right? And even then when you get to it, you're still going to miss the mark. <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. <laughs> There is no, because there is no kind of arriving with this stuff, to be quite honest. It's no. not, you know, there is no, you're there, you've got it all figured out. <laughs> but, and that's okay too, because it's an experience, as Jen said, life is an experience and, um, and we're evolving the whole time. Yeah, and we have destinations that we arrive at and we sit there for a few days or a month or a year or 10 years and then we have to get up and go somewhere else. Yeah. So it's okay, right? And if we see the bigger picture, we don't have to get so uh, uh, serious about mm. every moment. Like really, this is about joy. You know, when you express who you are, you take up a creative uh, um, uh, activity. So at least you have control over that, the joy you feel when you're expressing whatever you're learning. Or any, whatever brings you joy. And that is the Leo North node is about living your joy or your heart's desire or whatever you want to call it. It, And that, you know, people go, well, I don't, I have to do this and I have to do that. Just find your joy for two hours a week then. (laughs) That's a great point. You know, it doesn't have to be all the time. But the truth is, you know, you can inch along because it's more about your state of mind Mm -hmm. about what you're doing. And the interesting thing is the the other aspect or the the shadow aspect of the six is the martyr. When you do the things you don't want to do and you really don't have to do, it's not like, oh, I want to get to that town over there. I have to walk in the steps to get there, right? A lot of times we say, I have to do something when we don't have to. Mm-hmm. But we're doing it because we think we're supposed to. And we'll look good or people won't love us. But, you know, it really doesn't matter what other people, if they love us, they don't love us. We can't make them love us or do anything. So the idea of the six is that we do only do service with love. Mm. And that changes everything. It does. Just do what you want. Tired, say I'm tired. No, I, I, this is a great opportunity. I'm not interested. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes a stronger tribe. Remember, we started out with this idea this thing is about building tribes. You're mm-hmm. not going to live happily if you go in a tribe and you just agree with everyone. Oh, right? good. Oh, no. need to do that. Oh, but I'm so happy. Right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well i think we've probably we've probably about covered the whole chart um i'm just looking to see if there's anything um i do want to mention that um now now mars has gone retrograde everybody (laughs) as we speak um on the recording we now have one two three four five planets retrograde um we are soon going to have six planets retrograde and that is making for an interesting summer. And bear in mind, we don't count the sun and the moon really as planets. So, <laughs> so that leaves only um, Mercury. Well, Mercury is going to go retrograde. Venus was, is not going retrograde yet. Basically pretty, and Uranus, Uranus is not going retrograde yet, but he will too soon. Um, it, either way, we're going to have an interesting few weeks. So I hope you'll subscribe to our podcast because we're going to be coming back. We're going to be doing two a month, at least for the time being. Um, We'll be discussing the eclipses as they're um, coming up in detail. They're pretty massive, particularly the blood red moon that is on July the 27th, right in the middle of the um, three eclipses. That's actually, I think it's going to be fully eclipsed 
for like about a minute and a half, which is really quite a long time for an eclipse. And when, when the eclipse lasts longer like that, that's quite significant. Um, And when it's total as well, which this one is. So we've got a lot coming up. Um, So I don't really have anything else to say about this particular full moon. We do have a couple of things before our next call. Um, Uranus is going to be, let me just go to that and tell you what's coming up. Mercury square Uranus in four days time. Uh, That's going to be a bit of... um, there's going to be something, I think, coming out of the blue, messages out of the blue for that one. Um, that's going to be quite interesting. That's from Leo to Taurus. Um, that could be something to do with the financial markets, which are being becoming a bit volatile. And then we have Mercury conjunct the North Node in a week's time. And that's going to be another pivot point. So... Mm. Yes, very interesting. There's uh, one aspect here of the uh, the Venus at 16 degrees in Leo and uh, Neptune at 16 in Pisces. Mm. That uh, kind of relationship, which is um, very interesting. Um, 16, I did want to mention this because mm. this is important. 16, which makes a seven, is a number of um, lightning strike intuition. Mm. Where we us pay attention to the signals around us like really start to pay like what's happening because 16 is the tower where things start to shift like whatever Mm -hmm. we're looking at that is um the kind of worshiping is coming down it's taking its turn it's falling to the ground and new things are rising to be uh, illuminated and you know Neptune is not only our psychic powers, which are increasing. Mm. There's that, and it's it's that thing of choice, of being able to see through the muck, and you know that aspect of Venus, which. You know, and that's yes. and that's an inco- that's an uncomfortable aspect between the two of them too, called uh, the inconjunct, and that's um, that's often described as an itch that has to be scratched. So <laughs> combine that with what Jen was saying about the energies. <laughs> what's even more interesting is we're moving into the seventh month. Now the uh-huh. seventh month of July is the integration month because now we've moved past the halfway mark. Yeah. And we have uh, all the things we've planted and seeded. Now we're kind of looking at it and going, okay, what do I want to make of what I've created? And it, we are in that space now of that, right? This idea of challenge, beauty, or whatever you think of Venus, whatever you think she is, but she's also debt is part of her um, her makeup, right? It's mm. just money. There's debt involved. And so payback time, right? It's, it's using our intuition to... Uh, or, the, 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 how do we use beauty? How do we use uh, the uh, resources we have to illuminate what is in, what is trapped or dark? Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting times. So, Indeed, I hope all of you out there in podcast world are kind of coping with all this energy. <laughs> so, like I said at the start, I'm feeling a lot of fear in in the force if you like um with all that's going on in the world and know that really you know i'm not saying i'm not suggesting as we've discussed that you shouldn't civilly be disobedient either at a public or your personal level but really the fear is false evidence appearing real because we'll be okay it's all as it's meant to be (laughs) And, and I think also we have to begin to understand that the thing about fear is that we often mistake this, it's emotion, right? Mm. We often mistake the emotion that's coming up as something to be afraid of because it's taking us into the unknown, which is what the 11 is about. And this experience, mm. Uranus, it's all about the unknown. So we haven't experienced it. So of course there's going to be emotion, but 
I believe this emotion that we're feeling is excitement. There's mm -hmm. very little difference between fear and excitement. Most of us name excitement as fear. Mm -hmm. uh, but the truth is that, you know, we can't stop what's happening. So we oh. have to find a way to understand that, like you say, Lou, we're going to be fine, but even better than fine. When we let the light into the dark, which if you put mm -hmm. in dark, if you bring the light in, you recognize you're a divine being that you connect it to the universe or source or God, whatever you call it, that's your place you can go and connect to. You know, make time mm -hmm. every day, a few minutes, meditate, whatever it is that takes, walk, take a walk, whatever it is that takes you back to recognizing the power of your being that is so beyond just a physical body. And the excitement of being able to activate things through your body, your spirit through your body is immensely wonderful. That's why the creativity is such an exciting thing. Begin mm -hmm. to make something, do something. It doesn't matter what it is. But that will focus you and help bring more positive excitement to the table. Yeah. Yep. I think we both learned that from an Alexander Technique teacher as well. Oh, and from other things. But how to... Often the fear is kind of like the you're holding the butterflies trapped in your, in your gut. If you, if you imagine allowing the butterflies to fly free around you and feel it as excitement, then it moves the energy a lot better. I learned that from Sharon anyway. <laughs> we both worked with somebody called Sharon for a while. Yeah. And, and the thing that comes to mind is for me, I, what helps me is I remember to say something like, I have everything I need. Right now mm. I have everything I need and all is well. This is the thing is that's reminding myself I'm connected. Breathing, the breath. Mm. Just taking a breath and opening your heart or imagining your heart is expanding and reminding yourself, I'm okay, all is well, everything's going to turn out okay. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, you know, problems come up. We can't deal with it until it comes up. When it comes up, we may stir in fear for a little bit and then we have to take action and we do. Yeah. So find a kind of, kind of tool or a mantra that works for you. Um, you know, we've given you a couple of ones there. You know, there are others, but whatever it, whatever works for you to kind of realize that this fear can be felt as excitement and to feel this comfort that really we do have everything we need, you know, you know, there's good questions to ask as well. Like really, what is the worst that could happen? Keep asking it. What is the worst that could happen? You know, people go through horrendous things and, and, they're and they come out the other side, shall we say, or they come through it with ease. Because what is the worst? You can continue asking it. It's an interesting question if you keep going. What is the worst that could happen? <laughs> exactly, especially if you ask with curiosity. And exactly, not a else. fearful, not a fearful is the worst. This is, this is a curious yeah, exercise. Yeah. Exactly. The other aspect is if we haven't done something like we've mentioned a few times, it's the unknown, we will have some emotion around it because we're thinking we're supposed to know it. Mm. And that's the beauty of the unknown is we don't know what's coming. So yes. we can approach it with excitement. I, I'm excited about going through this adventure. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see what it will bring. Exactly. <laughs> an adventure think about this your soul is so excited right mm. now to have this adventure to be alive to be in the moment this mm. is what this is about that's what real living is it is present in this moment exactly okay well i think i've said everything i would like to say about this um i'm hoping you will subscribe to our podcast we're on iHeartRadio now as well as itunes um and anywhere else that you can find podcasts <laughs> i don't actually know all the places so it just goes out to all these places 
As I'm sure if you Google we're weirdly magical with Jen and Lou, you will find it or just search it on iTunes and get subscribed so that you don't miss an episode. Yes, I have one last thing I want to say, and that's mm. to me that's coming up is the word communication. This mm. is all about communication, the aspect of communicating what you desire. Yes. Asking for what you want letting people know there are things you don't want. It's getting clearer about that. And all these things we've talked about are really about developing your own voice, being able to communicate more clearly. Yeah, exactly. Righto. Well, I'm going to leave it there for me. So it's goodbye from Lou. And it's goodbye from Jen. And thank you all for being with us. <laughs>